Hi, Oasis. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Uh, my name's Sherry, and I am really excited. Excited and kind of with a holy trembling fear a little bit. Man, all right. We can't start this early in a message, but we're going to. Um, uh, we are in the middle of an amazing series right now on family values, family values. And so this week, I have the privilege and the honor of getting to talk about we eat together. We eat together. So you might be really confused right now, like, I just want to bounce out right now. We're talking about we eat together, and this girl is already, like, tearing up. I don't know what's going on. But um, when we talk about we eat together— we are the body of Christ. And so this isn't just a, hey, let's get into relationship. Let's hang out. Let's get around the table and just get to know each other because we can do that with anyone outside of the church. And we should keep doing that. But when we talk about it in the church, there's something significant going on that we need to know about. And so today we are talking about an amazing practice that Jesus actually gave us to do 2,000 years ago. And it is on communion. What's amazing is um, at the top of January, um, this last year, we, we've been practicing this as a church and doing this every other week together. And so this is a regular rhythm that we are doing, but it's from Jesus. And so, uh, listen, when I was, um, I, I always have a lot to say, but I think one of the hardest parts for me in getting this ready today was thinking, God, we're talking about communion, which is on salvation. And, and I'm like, God, what can I do? What can I say what can I say to the people to, to keep them from tuning out? What can I say? Because so many of us, I know life gets hard and we're looking for something. We're looking for that encouragement. God, God, would you give me boldness? Would you fix my anxiety? Would you give me something, Lord, so that I can go out there and make it and prove things to people? God, would you help me find a bit? Like whatever it is, it's going to give us something. And so when we hear about something like, oh, communion, there might be all kinds of thoughts like, oh, this is something religious that we do. Maybe it's numb to us. Maybe it's like, I do this. I don't really know what it means, but, but anything, give me something else. And so when I thought about God, what can I tell the people? Because I, I'm beginning the little bit of, of the tip of the iceberg, beginning to understand about what else happened at salvation. And I'm like, God, this is, this is everything. What can I tell the people? And as I continue just to get ready and study the message, the thing that just kept coming up is what the Apostle Paul said in the scriptures. And he said, the, the, he said, the preaching of the cross, he said, it is folly, it is foolishness to those who are perishing. It means nothing. It doesn't sound like much. But to those who are being saved, the message of the cross is the power to salvation. It is the power to salvation. So whatever you're here online looking for, needing, I'm telling you, it's found right here. It is in communion with Jesus Christ. It is in what happened at the cross in salvation. And so we are going to begin to talk about some of those things today. And I don't mean to say or think that anything that I'm saying in the next 30 minutes is going to be an exhaustive list of what God did on the cross. There is no way uh, we could do that. I don't even have full revelation of that, okay? Um, but what we are going to do is begin to talk a little bit about communion, where it came from, what it is, and even the significance of we eat together. We eat together. And so listen, y'all, we're going to need the Lord in this because I don't pretend to think that I have any words of power. It is the cross, and so I'm simply going to let the cross preach its word. So listen, I want you to actually not just 
watch online, but be a participant in this. Be a participant in having your heart open to God. God, what more can I know? What what more do you have for me to understand, God, about salvation? Because I guarantee you, all the things that you came here looking for, that you're needing, that your heart is actually needing, it is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. It is found at salvation. There is something here, not just something to take with you that's going to be temporary, but something that will stay with you forever and ever. And so we're going to talk about these things today. So be a participant. Be open to the Holy Spirit and what he'd have to say. So right now, Father, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We thank you that you're present here with us. God, I thank you that words preached, your scriptures, your truth, God, what you've done for us, Lord, that that God has the power of salvation to us. It has the power, God, to change us from the inside out, even after salvation, God, having a fresh dose, God. Martin Luther from the Reformation said, I need to hear the gospel every day of my life. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you open the eyes of our hearts to understand more of what happened at salvation, the significance of reconciliation with you and reconciliation with the body of Christ, Lord. Have your way in this message. Have your way. We belong to you. We are yours, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now that devil, every lie that you have been speaking to your people about salvation, about the body of Christ, even numbing out, talking about the cross. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have no place here in Jesus' name, that all those lies of Satan would have to go right now in Jesus' name, and that our ears are opened and attuned to you, Holy Spirit. You are the God who lives in us. We are one with you. So God, have your way and speak to us as one, Lord. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's get into it. We are starting in Luke chapter 22, and we're gonna get into verse 14. And this is where we actually first get to hear about these words where Jesus is saying, hey, this is uh, my body, take this. This is my blood, drink this. And so for us, again, we're, we're looking at Jesus in hindsight outside of the Jewish culture. So a lot of this is just like, this is what Jesus said, and this is what we're gonna do. And so, um, but there's so much more significance. There's so much more meaning. And so we're gonna pick up that this is the night that Jesus is actually gonna be betrayed and crucified. He's gonna be beaten, ridiculed, all the things for you and for me. But before he goes there, here's what happens at this Passover dinner. And so we pick up in verse 14, it says, and when the hour came, Jesus reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Let's stop right there for a second. It says, I have earnestly desired. In the Greek, it actually says that with desire, I have desired to eat this. This is something that is so profound that he's saying, no, no, I've been anticipating this. I've been waiting for this. So we need to note that, that there's something specific going on about Passover, but not even just Passover, about this Passover that he's saying, I've been eagerly waiting to have this with you. Here's the crazy part. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have like a crazy uh, conversation with someone that would be like conflicting, like we, we're probably going to, it's not going to go well, right? I'm so, ner- like, I'm not thinking about food. If I ate food, I would vomit. I would vomit. And he's over here knowing I have eagerly desired to eat this with you before I go suffer, knowing he's about to be crucified. And when this isn't just eating, by the way, when you have a Passover meal. It's not like you have a little morsel of this. Um, these things go on for hours, 
Seder meals, the Passover Seder meal. We're gonna talk about it in a second. It goes on for hours. And you are eating and eating and eating and eating and eating some more and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking wine some more. This is going on for hours. And he's saying, man, I'm so excited to do this. So I don't know how Jesus did it because he's the son of God, I guess. But this is really big and important for us to remember. Then he says, I tell you, I will not eat it again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Something that we can miss here, and he actually, as we continue going on, we'll just read the whole thing because I, I get so excited sometimes I just get ahead of myself. So mm-hmm. let me be calm, take a breath. Let's read together. Okay, it says in verse 16, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks to God, he said, take this and divide it, distribute it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. So why are we talking about Passover? We're talking about Passover because if you didn't know, uh, communion actually came from the Passover Seder. It was always a part of a Passover meal. And so sometimes we miss that um, in the way that we have done church. It's not that it's wrong. It's just sometimes we just need to be reminded and taught these things of of what it actually means. And so there's some significant things that we want to know going on too. When he says, I'm not going to eat it again. So Jesus knows that he's about to die. He's not going to be here on this earth. Passover is something that the Jewish people celebrate every single year, but he's saying, I'm not even gonna eat this again or drink this again until the kingdom comes. So we need to note, wow, he's setting up and he's saying that there's still something coming, that this meal isn't ended yet. And so God, Jesus is the one who actually refrains from drinking, and we'll talk about this in a second, but from drinking the final cup of wine uh, at the end of the meal, signifying that would have meant this is the end of Passover and now it is completed. But there's something still going on that you and I are in the middle of living out. And Jesus says, no, 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 I will not complete this meal until I do it again with you in the kingdom of God. When you and I, all who would ever believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, that we will be invited and seated at the wedding banquet with our God, with Jesus himself, you and I. Who are we? But Jesus Christ chose you and me, and we will be invited to this thing. So there is still something going on, but he said, but until then, I need you to do this in remembrance. Why remembrance? Because it's gonna be so easy for us to forget. You and I, most of us probably have a faith in Christ that are watching online on a Sunday or whenever we're watching it. We probably have a faith in Christ, but but it doesn't mean that there aren't things that we forget. There aren't things that we understand. And to the degree that we don't know something, that's to the degree that it it doesn't have the the revelation uh, at work in us in this day. And so sometimes I think about, man, when I get to the end of my life, Lord, how much am I going to be like, wow, Lord, why did I struggle so much in thinking about myself and trying to do this in my own strength when all the while you were there the whole time, all the while your grace was sufficient, your grace was there for me and I was waiting for people to do it. I was waiting for people to do this for me or for someone to see me. And so these, this is why we remind ourselves. Man, we haven't talked about Passover yet, but we gotta talk about something about when he says, do this in remembrance. Do this in remembrance. In the Jewish culture, Remembrance has a very different connotation than how you and I think about it. It's like, hey, we do this in remembrance. Okay, we take the bread, we drink it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. This is great. Amen. But but the culture at the time when Jesus is saying, do this in remembrance, here's what they're actually thinking and doing. Passover is something that had happened. I didn't look it all up, but it's about 
let's see, if we're 2,000 years in the church, it was about 2,000, maybe 2,500 years before then. So we're looking, no, that's, yeah, yeah, about 3,500. All my stuff is off right now. Don't, don't quote me on that. Many years ago, but whenever he instituted the Passover meal, he said, you are to do this and keep this as a, as a memorial. Every year you will do this thing. And so before I even, because I'm already getting ahead of myself because I just get so excited, we're actually going to read a little bit of the Passover so we can get a little bit of a taste and understanding. So we're going to go really quickly to Exodus to help us see what was actually happening at Passover and why are we celebrating it? Why is it significant? What does it have to do with these cups of wine that Sherry's talking about? All right. In Exodus 12, this is when the people of God have been in bondage and in slavery. They didn't even know who God was, barely. This is 400 years they've been in bondage. But all that's happening is they're crying out, would someone help us? If there's a God, they're serving other gods. Will someone just come and help us out? And so God remembers his promise to Abraham, and he comes in with a mighty strong hand, and he delivers his people from Pharaoh who would not let them go. You probably maybe heard the stories about the 10 uh, plagues that come in. And so on this 10th plague, he actually says, Pharaoh, if you don't let them go, then it is gonna be at the cost of everyone's firstborn son in your nation. And so they said, nope, not doing it. So God said, all right, be it on you. And so he says to his people, so that your firstborn will not be taken out by this, he says, what you are to do is to go, and now I'm just telling the story because I get so excited. You are to go and get a lamb and you are to kill it and to put the blood on the doorpost, signifying that death has already come in place of me. So you see this sign, you see the blood, death has already come, you don't have to come here. It was done in place of the firstborn. So here's what it says about the Passover in Exodus 12. And Jesus is telling them, as they're about to do it, he's actually telling them what they're gonna continue to do forever and ever that the Jewish people still to this day practice. So he said in verse two, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. This is why their calendar starts with this. It's the beginning of the year for them. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of the month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses. Remember this, we're gonna pick this up later. But every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and shall make your count for the lamb. Then it says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill the lambs at twilight. So they're to get a lamb on the 10th day, and the lamb is to live with them. Have you ever seen a lamb? It's really cute. It's really, really cute. It's like a little pet in your house that now you're having in your house for the next three days, knowing that you're going to kill it, but you're tending to it, you're friends with it, wow. he's really cute, and you're being with him, but knowing, hey, you that I really like, and who wants to see all this blood that I'm going to put, but it's got to be for me, and so I'm sorry. I just don't want it to be for me, so you're going to do this for me, and then you're going to, on the 14th day, you're going to take that place. And then it says, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. And so God goes on to give them what the whole Passover Seder is gonna be about. These Passover Seders are hours long. I know, because I love them, and I happen to marry an amazing Jewish believer, and so his family still celebrates every holiday, and so it's amazing to get to do. But I'm telling you right now, this thing can go on for hours and hours and hours. Lots of food, lots of remembering. Oh, I remember where we are going a long time ago with remembrance. Here it is. 
The way that the Jewish people remember something is they get fully immersed because God is telling them to. God is actually instituting, here's what it really means to remember so that you can keep this with you. And so he's telling them, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna eat bitter herbs. All these things represent something. And then we're gonna skip down to verse 11, at the end of 11, and it says, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, uh, meaning he passed over your house. You didn't have to die. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And it says, this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all the generations. So to this day, uh, the Jewish people still do it. And so Jesus is celebrating that as every Jewish person would in that timing. But here's the thing, this was all pointing towards somewhere. This was pointing towards Jesus. Jesus knew there's going to be a Passover lamb. There's going to be a Messiah. And this was prophesied through all of these scriptures in the Old Testament. It had been prophesied that even on a Passover night, on a Passover night, the Messiah will come and he will deliver you. So to this day, the Jewish people are still looking on a Passover night. They're expectant that the Messiah is gonna come. So here it is. Why do you think Jesus was, again, so excited about this Passover night? Because all that the Jewish people, his people that belonged to him were looking for and were waiting for, it was for this night. And so whenever you think that you're talking about and drinking the cups of wine and you're eating the things to remember and remind yourselves how the Lord delivered the people of Israel from all these things, he's not now taking it and doing what no one had ever heard before. Hey, now this cup, cup of redemption, hey, you drink this. This is my blood. What? They're like, well, why aren't you talking about the blood of the lamb, like how God delivered us before? No, no, no. Hey, this is blood. It's going to be in the new covenant. New covenant had been prophesied in the Old Testament. And so now Jesus is so excited because this is the last Passover that was ever going to happen with the Jewish people in the world awaiting for the Savior of the world to come. He said, hey, this bread, eat it, it's my flesh. Before it was, why isn't he talking about the lamb? The lamb is a flesh that would help them get through all this. It was the lamb. And did you know that the sacrifice isn't even completed for you until you actually eat it? It's not enough to kill it. It's not enough to put the blood on the doorpost. No, no, it's you partaking of this. And so here Jesus is saying, hey, 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 new covenant. You need a savior. You need one without blemish. That's why Jesus was the perfect spotless lamb, never sinned in his life. Therefore, he did not need to die. Death comes because of sin. That's what happens when we sin. We deserve to die. It is apart from all that is good. It is apart from God. But Jesus came, lived a perfect life, did not have to die. Therefore, there's now a spare life that gets to be there because his life was given. And so now all who would ever believe in Jesus Christ, he said whoever would believe, would now get to be a part of the body of Christ. So here we go. Man, I went through so many extra things. So again, to, to finish for the third time on remembrance, this is a full immersion. You, the Jewish people will put there intellect, their will, their emotions into this. They are told by God to remember every event so that they would never forget the hand of God in their lives and how he delivered them. And then you would even talk about it as if you were there. You would go through all the reenactments. So you would say, the child, the youngest one at the table will say, hey, why is this night different from all the other nights? And then the father would tell them, hey, this is when God delivered us, us, us. It's like the present tense, us. 
even though it's been hundreds and thousands of years ago. This is how they remember. This is how they remember. So now we're gonna go through um, a little bit of the significance of the body of Christ we eat together. Because here's the thing, for so many years, I grew up in the church, man, I've been taking communion and majority of my life, I have taken communion in a, in a vertical way, in a, God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me, which he has, but I thank you, God, for the cross of Jesus Christ. I thank you for, for your forgiveness and all the things, and I'm so grateful that he lives in me and I do life with him, right? Not apart. But, but there's something that's been missing because in our westernized culture, we get into this very individualistic sense uh, in our minds, and so it creeps right into our Christianity, and so it's much more about self and about, God, what are you gonna do for me, and this is this. But we, we miss out on when, when we hit salvation, upon believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a twofold event that happened. Reconciliation with God and reconciliation with the body of Christ. Right. Reconciliation with God and reconciliation with the body of Christ. You can't get in there and see it in a singular form. And so um, even thinking about the Passover, when I, remember when I said, note this in Exodus 12, and it said that, hey, whoever's household, uh, you're, you don't have enough in the household to eat this, hey, you're to go join other households. Why is that? Because the sacrifice was never to be eaten alone. It was as many as the sacrifice could feed. As many as the sacrifice could feed, you were to join that many people to the sacrifice. Jesus, the sacrifice for us said, whoever believes, whoever wants eternal life, hey, drink my blood, eat my flesh. Whoever, whoever, he has no limits on capacity. It is whoever. Whoever, when you hear these words, it is drawing you to salvation, drawing you to something I need. There's something that you have, and I, I don't know why it sounds crazy, but I believe it. Mm-hmm. Whoever. So in this whoever, um, we have now the body of Christ, and here is the power of the cross that we miss out on and what the devil does not want you to know because this will change the game. And it, I get ahead of myself. Lord, you got to help me. Lord, you got to help me. Thank you, Lord. Salvation. It's a whoever, it is black, it is white, it is Asian, it is Hispanic, it is everything in between because I'm everything in between. Uh, It is the rich, it is the poor, it is the Democrat, it is the Republican, it is the vaccinated, it is the unvaccinated. All the people groups that should not be, different cultures, different nations, all the ones that should not be, gathering around the same table at the same playing field. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, whoever would believe black, white, okay? Black, uh, BLM, and the police officer who is white, okay? The vaccinated and the unvaccinated, the pro-Trumpers and the non-pro-Trumpers, all seated at the table. Why? Because we understand what brought us to the table. It wasn't my opinion. It wasn't my preference. It wasn't anything else but the blood of Christ, but his flesh that was given for me that draws us all to the table and this is our new identity our new identity in Christ it's when the body of Christ comes together to say wow my identity is actually in Christ and that trumps everything else out there this is the power to salvation this is the power of salvation and here's the crazy part because now when the body of Christ is actually responding out of their salvation reconciliation with God reconciliation with the body of Christ the scriptures say in John 17 21 when Jesus, after he has his Passover and he is praying to the Lord, praying to the Father, he says, I do not ask for these only. 
uh, the disciples, but also for those, you and me, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you know that the church here in this world actually has a mission? It is a mission that can only be done here on earth. It can't be done in heaven. And it is actually to share the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. It is to spread that to the world. Do you know that our greatest witness to the world is in the way that we are one, in the way that we love each other, in the way that two people groups that should not be would sit at the table together because this is what draws us here. And although I may see differently, I may believe differently on some things, no, the blood of Jesus covers it all, has yeah. reconciled me to you. And so I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to overlook it. I'm willing because you are my brother, you are my sister in Christ. And this is what speaks to the world that there must be a God. I don't know who this is, but how is that even possible? Yeah. There is no other God. There is no other way. There is no other source that can draw these people groups together, but the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was, that was shed for you and for me. One more thing I'll say in Ephesians 3.10. Oh, no, man, we just don't have time. <laughs> Ephesians 3.10, uh, okay, we already said it, so we're just gonna do it. Ephesians 3.10, can we put that up? To me, this is what Paul is saying to the church. He's saying, to me, though, I am the very least of all. Is this where I am? I'm saying the grace was given to preach the Gentiles. So he's talking about the amazingness of salvation and the Jews and Gentiles coming together. Next verse. Uh, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. He's talking about salvation. And he says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So that the, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, do you know what the manifold wisdom of God is? God is? It is the profound essence of salvation. The fact that God would give up his one and only son, die for you and for me, and live on the inside of you and me, knowing all the wretchedness that you and I do. Angels, it says in the spiritual realms, are looking at this. It says that salvation is what angels long to look into. So when they see this profoundness of salvation, when they see that these people groups come together that should not be, it makes the angels just give more praise to God. It actually helps them to praise and worship the Lord because they're looking at how have you done this, God? How is this even real? How is this possible? Yeah. At the same time, the hostile enemies see it and they say, how can we stop this? How can we divide the church? And that's what you saw in 2020 at the height of it. And still now, he is working so hard to divide us. He's working so very hard. These things ought not be. We have reconciliation with God, reconciliation with people. I'll say this. I remember when um, in 2020, we're getting back to remembrance and we'll take communion, but... In 2020, I was doing an Ephesians study along with some of our staff, and we were sitting in Ephesians for months and months and months at a time, and sitting in it when the height of everything divisive was going on. And we had people of different ethnicities, of different political ideologies, all the things in between. But because we had been in the scriptures focusing in on salvation, we were able to Zoom every single week, listen to each other. How are you really doing? What's going on? And knowing that we saw things differently, but yet we still came to the Zoom, to the same table, because we know what brings us together. And we know that you are my brother, you are my sister in Christ, and that trumps it. And so that was a really amazing, profound thing. And it was like, wow, salvation. What, what happened to the church? How did they forget? But fast forward to last year, okay? Fast forward to last year, like eight months later, when the whole vaccination thing came out, it was like I done lost my salvation. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. 
Uh, one of us in our household is vaccinated and one of us is not. We're going to try and keep it a little bit of a mystery. But uh, <laughs> it was like World War III in our house. Why? Why was that? Because I remember going off for months because, listen, I was at war with my husband. He was at war with me. And then you come to church. I'm at war with people on staff. You're saying stuff about things. I don't, I don't agree. And who are you? And, but I'm, to your face, I'm like, that, I understand. Today. And my soul, I'm like, cuss out. Cuss out. Not really. I don't cuss, but anger in my soul. Um, and I remember thinking, God, but why is this? Why don't I? What happened to the salvation and us come to the dinner table? Well, uh, I, I was not in the scriptures on salvation. I had forgotten to remind myself. We need a constant daily reminder of who we are in Christ, the reconciliation we have with God and with each other. We eat together. We eat together as one. We don't eat as one singular. It's we eat together. So listen, I'm going to end with this one quote um, before we do communion. Ugh. Okay. W. Roof said, when we're thinking about salvation and how much of salvation has actually um, been done apart from God, or um, just reconciliation with God only and apart from the body of Christ. We just have this westernized singular thing. He said, with believing, our faith, with believing disjointed from belonging, it amounts to a portable faith. And so what happens is we go into the church Wow, the pastor didn't say hi to me, and I've known him for years, or I don't like the way that message is, or I just feel like people aren't talking to me. Like, whatever it is, there are real things, there are valid things and things that hurt us, but we are just so quick to be like, you know what, I don't need this. And so because our salvation is very vertical, we take our personal life and, and relationship with Jesus, and we just move on to another church very easily, negating the reconciliation with the body that we have. And so listen, we are in these values on we eat together, we give together, we worship together, we pray, we, we serve, we do all these things together. And so I want to encourage us, and it can be a little bit of a challenge, but you have the Spirit of God in you to help you, to help you and strengthen you in this, to actually take steps to dive into uh, even connect groups that we have going on virtually. Or maybe if you're in the city, we have some online ones as well. But daring to be vulnerable, it stinks being vulnerable because that means, hey, we're human and it's going to hurt. There's going to be hurts. But if we can do a daily reminder, and you can totally do this by yourself as well, but even collectively, if we have a daily reminder reminding us of that we actually are members of one another, we belong to each other, yeah. there's going to be so much more richness. There's so many other things that we haven't talked about with uh, relationship and with the body of Christ, but I just even wanted us to get a gist of this reconciliation that the enemy is trying so hard for you and I not to understand. So listen, we are actually now going to eat Together, So have your communion elements ready. And um, for 2,000 years, actually, the church has had this uh, three-part experience understanding of salvation or of communion. And so uh, it is a past, a present, and a future experience that we have. And so we are going to go through these for a moment. And so we are going to first thank God for these elements that we get to do in remembrance of him. And so, Father, we just thank you. God, we thank you for your Passover lamb, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you chose us long before we could choose you. We thank you, God, that we can be here in remembrance in this way. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for the cross. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness of every sin. And you can even sit with that for a moment. Maybe there's so much that you have in your head that you're like, man, I just, but I feel like I just don't, 
pray enough or God just wants me to do more. I just wish I was, I wish I was there with God. I wish I could just hit that level, but that's, that's the finished work on the cross. That God, you completed this already. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for your completed work on the cross. There's nothing left that I could possibly do. You chose me, you did it for me. And God, you, you justified me, meaning, God, you look at me and I am in complete right standing. You look at me and you say, you are not guilty. You are not guilty of any of that. And so God, we thank you, Lord, that we can boldly approach your throne because of that. God, we thank you for this present time that we have with you that you didn't just wait to, till we get to heaven, but Lord, you are here in fellowship and communion with us. That God, we don't have to go in our own strength and try and do this life and try and love the body of Christ apart from you. No one could do it, we would fail. But Lord, you live in us. You are available to us, God. And we thank you, Lord, for this partnership and fellowship with you, God. And Lord, I thank you that, God, life does not end here on this earth. God, there is a future for us as the body of Christ. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that, God, there is a wedding banquet that is coming when you finish this and when you return, Lord. And God, that all of us who are saying, God, we are declaring wherever we are that we believe on the Lord Jesus, that, God, all those would be invited to the wedding banquet, Lord. And we are grateful, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for this. In the name of of Jesus Christ. And so with this, Lord, we take this bread, Lord, and we eat it together. And Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us, God. And so together we drink as one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I am so excited that we even, wherever we are, we're living in a time where we still can take and partake of this together. Um, I, I, I'm praying for us as the body of Christ that we continue to allow the Spirit of God to continue this profound work. You will never, you and I will never just get it one time. We need this daily reminder. You can do this in as often as you do it. You can remember reconciliation with God and reconciliation with the body of Christ. All right, guys, we'll see you soon.